0: Welcome to the St. Helena podcast, where we talk anything St. Helena. We cover everything from great island experiences to how we can make a good story go viral one podcast at a time. Have you got a St. Helena experience? A topic to share? Do you want to join the podcast conversation? Reach out to us. Let's talk St. Helena. You can find us anywhere online or at the Podcast.com. This is your podcast
1: creator and host, Johnny Klingham. This week is Marine Awareness Week on St. Helena, and this podcast is the second podcast that is supporting the Marine Awareness Week on the island. Today we welcome our two podcast guests, Tammy Stanford, who is a senior marine ecologist from CFAS, and Serena Wright, a fish ecologist from CFAS. Both Tammy and Serena play key roles in the Blue Belt program, working on some very important projects for St. Helena. I would like to thank you both for supporting Marine Awareness Week and this form of media that also helps to support St. Helena on a whole. I'm going to turn to Tammy. Can you explain a little about CFAS and the organisation and some of the roles that you play supporting the Blue Belt programme?
2: Certainly, yeah. So um, thanks for having us. So CFAS are a a um, UK-based organisation. We're primarily uh, scientific advisors to government Um, and we do a lot of work in the marine environment, looking at various different aspects of science and evidence um, to answer and help answer questions around the marine environment and uh, managing the marine environment. So within Bluebelt, um, CFAS is one of the delivery partners, and we work quite closely with Marine Management Organisation. I believe you spoke to Emily. And it's our job to uh, coordinate and deliver a science programme that supports uh, St Helena's marine protection and marine management strategies. So we help to answer key questions about the marine environment that then enable St Helena to make decisions about how they want to manage that environment and the human activities in that environment.
1: And Serena, your role within the CFAS organisation.
2: Hiya, uh, again, thank you for having
3: me. So just to give a bit of background, I support Tammy and the CFAS team to basically produce the fisheries advice for, for the Blue Belt programme for St Helena. So I mostly work, liaise closely with the marine section on St. Hel- within St Helena government and develop the, the scientific programmes of research. So that's the tagging work, biological sampling, looking at the catch and effort data and basically um, informing the, the fisheries advice that St Helena the government then used to manage their fisheries. So all things fish-related is kind of my, my my focus.
1: Tell me, how do you engage with the team on St Helena?
2: Well, I mean, obviously working working remotely, it's always important to just keep as much contact as possible. So we have regular online meetings and phone calls, video calls always in email correspondence with one another. So we try to keep that dialogue going as much as we possibly can. In, in a non-COVID scenario, um, we lo- love to come out to St Helena to follow through with the work and see everybody in person, um, engage with our stakeholders and, and um, you know, uh, always feel we make so much progress and, and achieve so much on those visits. So it's been a real shame we've we've not been out for a while. But uh, so normally we'll use a whole whole range of ways to to keep in touch. But yeah, it more gif- more difficult than COVID. But uh, technology's working well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear for for Saint Helena as well. And I'm going to come back to one of your visits on on the island to chat to you a little bit about, about one of the visits you did on board to one of the survey vessels. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit yeah. around the tagging program because I know that's been a big program. For you, can you explain a little bit about the tagging program and how long have you been doing it?
3: Sure, yeah, um, I'm happy to give a bit of an update on that. The tagging program started in 2015, even before the Blue Belt program. So um, funding was provided through Darwin Plus to Martin Collins and I suppose the head of marine section at the time was Elizabeth Clingham. So um, that's when the tagging program kind of began. And the focus was, was on some of the inshore species, so the grouper but also the Yellowfin, Big Eye and Skipjack. And since then, the tagging programme has continued and actually we, we got a boost of funding through ICAP, which is the kind of regional tuna managers. So there was a target of just over 5,000 fish to be tagged over, over about two, two years. So the, the last few years have um, saw a real increase in tagging effort, which, which has been amazing in terms of the science that's come out of that work the bluebird has continued to support with the tagging efforts. And this year, the focus is still on the grouper, the inshore grouper species, the yellowfin. And there's been effort on the skipjack as well. So uh, the, the dynamics have changed a little bit. So originally, it was all the scientists going out on the vessels. But um, because of the, the increase in funding and the, the effort put in, we actually have the fishermen going out and putting the tags in the fish because they've been trained up. Which, which has been a real boost um, to the program and I think is a real strong point for the future, um, for setting leaders to manage their own fisheries. So explain the tagging process a little bit more.
1: You're putting like electronic tags onto a fish in some form?
3: It basically, the, the majority actually are not electronic tags. So the majority of tags that go in the water are, are on the fish um, are these little plastic dark tag, tags So they've got a little unique number on them um, and that goes in the fish. And then we're reliant on the fishermen to retrieve those fish again so that we see how how fast they've grown and whether they were recovered in the same grounds or whether they've moved um, in that time. So the majority of the tags that go out are are things called dart tags. Um, But we do have electronic tags which are more expensive, but have a lot more information collected on the fish when they're in the water. How did you get the data from the tag? To um, so actually collect the data from the tags, the, the DART tags, they've just got a, a unique code. So we, the marine section use their special government database to look at you know, when that fish was released um, and, and how far it's travelled. Um, the electronic tags, we have to bring them back into the office and download them quite often. Um, and, and that information can contain things like how deep they go what temperatures they experience um, but more recently there there's been quite a lot of effort put into something called a satellite tag the satellite tags we don't even need to collect them back from the from the fishery basically that communicates with the satellites and and provides all all of the information um, straight to our computers to show you know where that fish is has been day to day and um kind of where in the water column it is, it contains like a wealth of information on those individual fish when we do put those out. But they are the most expensive, so the majority are the kind of the basic dart tags to look at, you know, the spread, how far and um, the 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 population of the fish are travelling. Um, but yeah, we do have the electronic tags out there as well.
1: All very interesting technology at its best in Saint Helena. The long-term objectives. Of the tagging program, I mean, how long would you continue to do this?
3: Well, the way that the tagging program works, um, obviously, you get a lot of different information when you put these tags in the water. So, some of the basic information that it provides is like fish growth, but one of the most important bits is the kind of links to other regions. So, if they're released inshore, are they caught a bonaparte? Are they caught a cardinal sea Or are they caught by fishing vessels? out in the, in the Atlantic, like the big purse seiners and longliners. But basically the tagging programme, now that the, the fishermen are trained to to do our tagging, it, it can be a part of just the commercial operations and that enables us to, to better understand how the movements and things are changing through time. For example, the amount of fish coming to St Helena Waters, is that changing annually? What drives those changes? And basically the tagging programme can help to, to better understand not only what's happening as a snapshot this year but what happens in the future so it's a it's a very useful tool to, to keep an eye on your population and whether it's expanding or reducing because of things like climate change and other factors.
1: Fish migration is that something that happens on the island?
3: Yeah I mean so um, obviously for something like the grouper um, all of the tags that we've put in the water so far they've they've pretty much been caught on the same grounds that those groups were released, you know, up to one to two years after. Um, so the the movements are very small scale. But um, for things like the large tuna, the yellowfin and the big eye, um, we see, see much bigger migrations. But one thing that's pretty unique about St Helena, when when we presented the results of the releases and the recoveries of tags at the, at the, the kind of regional tuna fishery meeting at ICAP, you get very high recovery rates of the yellowfin tuna, for example, from your water. So if a fish is released inshore um, by one of the, the local inshore fishing vessels, um, it's, it's like 90%, 95% probability you'll catch it again by the inshore vessels as well. So there's there are links uh, between the fishing grounds and there are links to, to waters outside St Helena's um, fishing boundary but the majority will be recovered by, by vessels within, within St Helena's water, which is, which is very interesting.
1: It, that that is very interesting because I was going to ask whether or not we could benefit from fish catchers before they migrate, but obviously they are still staying within St Helena waters. The fish is always around within the fishing area.
3: Yes. Uh, I mean, at the largest sizes, you do see more movement. So, for example, when they're at maturity over a metre long, then you get more links to to waters outside Saint Helena. Yeah, it's it's a it's a complicated one and I think the the more that we for example release tags in the offshore waters, the more we'll understand the kind of movements of those larger fish. How many individuals are kind of happy hanging around Saint Helena's waters and for how long basically.
1: I believe that your studies kind of drive the fish quotas and it defines the species especially from places like Carno Bonaparte and the other seamounts?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, the when, when the fish are tagged and put in the water, um, we basically look at, um, okay, if we've released 100, 100 fish with tags, so how, how what's the proportion that are being recovered um, by the different areas? So that helps us better understand the, the kind of size of the population, especially when we know that there are higher recovery rates from from particular areas, like, for example, St. Lena waters. One thing that we haven't been able to get to the bottom of yet is kind of the the population level as a whole because we haven't we have kind of got an ongoing program. So more kind of tags um, need to be released at the kind of Cardinal and Bonaparte seamount areas um, because the majority have been inshore to date. So to build a better picture of how environmental changes and things like that will affect these populations, we need to we need to have a, a, a more even spread. I suppose, of tags out in the water, both inshore and at the seamounts, were the, were the biggest fish.
1: Tammy, you joined the research r- vessel, the uh, James Clark Ross, back in April 2018. What sort of work was carried out on that survey?
2: I did, Yes. Well, um, oh, we did a whole range of different scientific survey work. So the, the first thing would have been um, multibeam bathymetry, which is, is effectively mapping the seabed. And that was we were focusing a lot on seamounts. So, for example, we mapped part of Bonaparte seamount on that particular survey. Basically, the the ship sends a signal down to the seabed, which bounces back up, and then we're then able to interpret that information into uh, uh, the seabed and and the seabed topography and what it looks like. And that can later be converted into a a map of the seabed, which is really interesting. The second thing we did was to uh, do some very small scientific benthic trawls. Um, So that's basically putting a a very tiny trawl down onto uh, the seabed um, and catching some of the bits on the surface, pulling it back up, and then tipping all, that, all those contents out into trays and, and examining them, seeing what's there and um, trying to identify the contents, which is always a fascinating and exciting thing to do. Um, the other thing we did was we dropped some cameras down over the ship to have a look and see what's down there. We also took uh, water measurements. So that's things like uh, conductivity and temperature and salinity and that's to give us, we call it an environmental profile, but it's, it's to enable us to see what's happening in the surrounding environment, surrounding waters. When we draw that information together, it all forms a really useful picture. And then the last thing we did um, was to do some pelagic trawls. Now there, that's a very, sh- a very small scientific net that we tow through the water column at different depths to sample any animal's floating or swimming around in the water column. And again, we'd then empty those nets and uh, look at the contents, identify the contents. And it's a, it's a great exercise to, to show you what, what's out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was a whole range of work and it was a fascinating survey.
1: Do you think that local fishers see the benefit of all the data collected
2: so for the
3: for the tagging work, for example, um, we try to to kind of have engagement meetings with the fishermen, so they see the updates on any of the you know the releases and recoveries, um, and we've provided in the past even individual tracks of the tuna that they've been interested in in um, in recovering, but. I think the main thing from the work is it's, it really is a two-way process now. I mean, the fishers are, are fundamental in, in releasing and recovering the tags. We're trying to, to make sure that they, they see the benefits in terms of, you know, the amazing data that they've been able to collect. So, for example, recently we looked into some of the yellowfin tuna tag data that was recovered. And we could see that the behavior of the tuna was changing throughout the year. So in the months of the year, when, you know, the, the fishing is tends to be a little bit poorer in, in St Helena. So around the kind of winter phase, we can see actually see the yellowfin tuna moving into really deep, deep waters. Um, so like, you know, trying to target, they look like they're feeding on prey, like down at 350 metres, 400 metres. Whilst in the summer months, they're happy just being shallow up in the above 50 metres kind of thing, which is really interesting. So we're, we're showcasing and, and trying to engage with the fishes on that front. So I do hope that you know everyone acknowledges that they're, they're a fundamental part of, of the, a lot of the fisheries research we do. Couldn't be done without them. Actually, when we, we presented some of the results to, to ICAT, the, the regional body that manages the, the fishery, they're just amazed at the, the kind of level of engagement, actually, and the fact that there are adult taggers that are trusted to go out and, and to collect this information themselves. So it's a, a real um, positive, I think, for
1: the island. If offshore fishing is going to be a way forward, could this open up an opportunity to collect the much-needed data, especially from the seamounts, or an even more important data for your research?
3: Definitely. I mean, there's some really big differences in the kind of, especially the tuna communities that say, Elena sees Seas, inshore versus, say, the seamounts of, of Cardinal. You get much larger fish there. I mean, it'd be really, really interesting to better understand whether the biology is different, even in those individuals, are they more likely to be in spawning condition? Are they more likely to be migrating off? Are they, you know, just passing by um, the Cardinocema before they, you know, moving off to the Gulf of Guinea? Um, there's, there's a lot of questions out there that, that haven't kind of been addressed yet. And I think there's, there's a huge amount of opportunity there to, to better understand the, the kind of fish that the visit your waters.
1: Does Saint Helena have any unique species?
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Many <laughs> uh, was is the answer. But Saint Helena is very unique. Its its location is such that there are a large number of species that are we call them endemic uh, to Saint Helena. But that that means that they're only found around Saint Helena. So things like some of the 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 inshore reef fish and are many different species of, that are unique to to that area, to the Saint Helena area, but across the board, uh, the local biodiversity things it would include things like the whale sharks, other different uh, different sharks like the Galapagos sharks. Um, there's a whole a whole host of interesting biodiversity around Saint Helena.
1: Could St Helena be an attractive place for other organisations and scientists to come and study our marine environment?
2: Absolutely, yes. I mean... There's such a rich variety in terms of your your local biodiversity, but I think there are also lots of questions that we don't have answers to, and I think any research that furthers our our knowledge of the marine environment and how we as as humans interact with that marine environment is is helpful. You know, St Helena's a, a beautiful place to work, it's a friendly, lovely place to visit. The marine section are, you know, so knowledgeable and so engaging that it's definitely worth worth that chance. I would also say that Bluebelt, as a programme, have been supporting St Helena Government with a lab refurbishment. Um, that's construction is currently underway and we're really excited about the prospect of this lab being finished. It will give the the team a whole new, uh, shiny new lab to to work in and potentially to host visiting research scientists. So, you know, if there's anybody out there with uh, a keen interest in St. Helena and had a research question, it may well be that that research can support the, the needs of the St. Helena government in terms of managing their MPA and marine protection going forwards. So it's really worth a discussion with the marine section on island.
1: That sounds all very interesting. So that means someone could, or someone with any interest wanting to study could show up and use the facilities that's available already on the ground.
2: absolutely that that's the intention yes
1: we'll wait for that that will certainly offer a great facility to come and show up and knowing that you have the facilities on the ground Serena thank you for contributing today do you have a message for anyone who might be listening today or anyone on St Helena
3: um I would just say I mean as, as Tammy mentioned before I've really, I've really enjoyed the kind of work, working closely with Saint Helena government and the people on Saint Helena, including the fishes. I mean, I, I've really missed going out, obviously, um, to Saint Helena and and just really seeing it and and being involved in in some of the research that goes on. But I just think that you know this is just the start. There's still so much that can be done to better understand Saint Helena's marine environment. And um, so, I hope the marine section team and all other people involved in Marine Awareness Week have a have a great week and. Um, Hope to see you
1: all soon. Thank you ever so much for your contribution. Coming back to you, Tammy, and thank you for making this possible. Do you have a message for anyone listening here today?
2: Yes, uh, just really um, echoing Serena's comments. It's been a pleasure working with Saint Helena over the past, I think, five years now. It's it's just fascinating place, and it's it's been a real learning experience. And I think there is there's a lot more work to do, and we you know we really hope that our relationship just grows and uh, into the future and that we continue to work together for you know for the foreseeable um, (laughs) and just there's plenty plenty more to do and look forward to more work.
1: Thank you for supporting Marine Awareness Week and I also want to thank you on behalf of everybody in St. Helena for your continued passion about our marine environment.
2: Thank you.
0: You've been
1: listening to the St. Helena
0: podcast. We want to thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to us. Contact us, podcast at the St. Helena podcast dot com. Support us by sharing our content with others. Until next time, have a great week.